Welcome back, one and all, to the Ideas Exchange presented by InExpress Podcast. I am your host, Paul Castleberry. This is the podcast where we're talking about business. We're talking about marketing, tech, franchising, being a franchisor, anything that falls in between all of that kind of stuff here on this podcast. That's what we're talking about. And today we have Brendan Mulryan with us. And I'm going to read a little bit off of a uh, about Brendan here on his bio, so you get a little background of who he is and and just the stellar guy that that he is. So, Brendan currently serves as Vice President of Member Services at Etsy and is responsible for scaling support and post purchase experiences to Etsy's global community of ninety plus million buyers and eight plus million sellers. In addition to his role at Etsy, Brendan serves as a non-executive board member of InExpress, a Hudson Hill Capital portfolio company and global software-enabled SME-focused third-party logistics platform. Prior to Etsy, Brendan began his career in the logistics and transportation space with industry leaders Marisk and Siva. Pretty sure I may butchered that, but he can correct me on that. Before pivoting to technology and taking on various program management roles at Google and as vice president, customer success at a SaaS startup, DocuRated, acquired by Quirk Software. Brendan holds a diploma in operational research in management science from the London School of Economics and Political Science, a BS in finance from the Georgetown University McDonough School of Business, and an MBA from Harvard Business School. Brendan is a New Yorker residing on Long Island with his wife and two boys, plays an active role in his children's sports, and thoroughly enjoys spending time with them in Maine, a.k.a. vacation land. So Brendan kind of knows a little bit something when it comes to, to business. Brendan, how are you? Wow. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. I'm doing well. Uh, that's an introduction. Wow. Talk about making me feel uncomfortable. That was a long one. Uh, next time I send a bio, I'll trim it. But <laughs> <laughs> You got some good credentials. You should be proud of that. You've worked hard for where, you, where you've gotten to. And uh, I, I'm excited to have you on this episode because we're, we're talking about making your side hustle a full-time gig. And I, I think Etsy knows a little bit uh, about that, right? And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to dive into that. Um, yeah. You want to kind of kick us off and then we'll kind of go through some of the yeah. questions we had or. Yeah, no, I, that that's great. I thank you for the intro again, Paul. And, and I couldn't be more excited to be here. I do really think that, um, you know, this opportunity uh, to be associated with, with an express and uh, be a, a non-exec member of the board is, is, is a real privilege uh, to, to be part of the organization and really get a, a front row seat for, for the, the growth and trajectory and the journey and the mission that it's on. Um, and you're right. It's right at the intersection of a lot of things that I care deeply and passionately about, uh, about entrepreneurship, uh, about technology, uh, and about operations. Uh, you, you know, uh, that was a, that was a long intro and bio. I apologize. I sent that over. Um, <laughs> no, it's all I, good. Yeah, that's where I started. Uh, you know, I started with Marisk. I started with Siva Logistics. Spent a number of years uh, running operations, uh, North America, Central America, and, and majority of my time in. In, in China and Asia Pacific, um, and that's that's one of my passions. And so, being part of the InExpress family um, and and having that front row seat, uh, there's nothing more energizing and exciting for me. So I'm super passionate about it, and, and thank you for having me on today. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it's uh, it is exciting. I started out kind of in an e-commerce world, and uh, I'm new to shipping and logistics myself. So I'm I'm excited to be hosting this podcast where I can learn from experts like you and gain some insight and pass that along to our, our listeners. And when we were talking about this 
the subject of turning your side hustle into an actual full-fledged business, I went out and we did some research. We found the generic stuff, right? Go pick a business name, start a website. Here's your website builder, all the, all the fun flashy stuff. But when you and I were talking, we wanted to get a little bit deeper on that subject and talk about, you know, what are the actual nuts and bolts of running that online business? You want to maybe yeah. kick us off there? Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a great, it's a great uh, point to jump off. I mean, I think when everybody has that, that moment, um, whether it be in the shower, or you're listening to your favorite song, or you hear a, something that sparks an idea in your head, and you, you have that, that entrepreneurial uh, inspiration, um, that's exciting. Uh, and, you know, yeah. we've all felt that very few act on it. Uh, yeah. I think that that's something to be uh, not gloss over. I think those that take the first step uh, are courageous and, and just should be recognized for that. Um, but the, it, it's rarely thought about, like, what happens if those dreams come true? You know, what happens <laughs> yeah. if uh, we do sell just one unit or uh, somebody uh, writes us one check? You know, what happens then? And um, I think that's that's the, the the less sexy, but the almost the more important aspect of entrepreneurship. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the ideas everybody has them. Um, it's the execution that counts. Um, yeah. And um, for uh, uh, entrepreneurs just getting started, um, it, it can be daunting to think about. You know, it can be daunting to yeah. consider um, what happens if I do sell a product. Uh, <laughs> because then all of a sudden my world changes. I go from um, creator, uh, ideator, entrepreneur to um, a business owner. Uh, I have a whole new set of responsibilities. Uh, I have to yeah. figure out um, how do I deliver what I've sold? How do I collect payment? How do I support it? And, and then, you know, God forbid, what happens if I sell two? Then does my <laughs> world just become, you know, uh, multiply in complexity? And, and how could this scale? And I think that, uh, you know, that is um, uh, an enviable position to be in, but it's not an easy one. And, and I think that that is um, what makes uh, the, the, the work in Express, um, the work of Etsy as well, uh, so engaging and exciting. I mean, and life-changing and inspirational in many ways. Yeah, it's uh, it's easy to say a whole lot of things, right? But like you yeah. mentioned, once those one or hopefully two products get shipped out and bought, it's uh, it becomes a reality. I uh, I remember one of the first companies I worked for right out of college. It was a couple of brothers. They started literally in their parents' basement, and there's an infamous picture of them sitting at the dining room table with a headset on, saying. Yeah, let me pass you off to customer service and he takes it off and hands it over to his brother sitting right next to him so that's that's when it becomes reality right is when when it starts that the gears are starting to turn and we're, and we're operating so yeah. i i guess how how does one find the right balance to compartmentalize you know getting everything started off the ground and running to the the day-to-day -day? i mean where do you break yeah. that off and how do you how do you do that yeah. Well, I think for one thing, never forget why your customers are paying you money in the first place. Mm. Um, and that's your core product, whatever it is, whatever widget you're making, uh, whatever your craft is, whatever your good or services, um, that has to be top of mind all of the time. The moment that slips, um, uh, you know, that is that's a that's a that's a scary moment. Mm. Um, so the, the, the real question is, how do you, you know, compartmentalize that and sort of wall it off such that you don't ever let that happen, that you're always able to allocate sufficient mindshare resources, time, money um, to your core craft uh, as the complexity of the rest of your business grows. So, you know, I threw out payments, I threw out 
um, fulfillment? You know, how do you get something from A to B? These are all challenges um, that only get more complex with scale. Um, mm. Typically, you think, oh, I'm going to grow a business. Things get better with size. Uh, a lot of these problems don't. They just get more <laughs> complex. They get compounded. Uh, they get compounded. They really, really, really do. And um, for anybody to say that they're an expert in any one of those fields, uh, that's a stretch. And to say that they're an expert in any any two or three or four of those disciplines, that's a lie. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, I, 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 you know, I don't, I, I'm certainly not that unicorn and I haven't want to run across one yet. Um, yeah. And so the goal here, I think, uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs is figuring out who do they associate themselves with and who do they partner with for that scale. Uh, mm-hmm. And these are really serious uh, decisions to make, I think, early on. There, some of them are sticky. Some of them you can swap out providers later on down the line. But yeah. um, just as important as picking your customers, it's, it's picking your partners. You know, who mm-hmm. is going to you know, be part of my team, even if I'm a solo entrepreneur? Who's on my team? Um, yeah. Who do I look to? How do I build my bench? Um, these decisions aren't uh, a whole lot different than hiring. You know, they, you know, we might think about them in separate buckets, but when you're when you're getting started, you're getting traction, um, picking the right partner for fulfillment or payments or support. Um, that's just as critical as a hire. Uh, and yeah. that's uh, that's an interesting sort of reflection, I think, when I was thinking about entrepreneurship at the early stages. Yeah. Yeah. So something that caught my attention there, you said separate out into buckets. How many buckets do we need to create to separate these things out? you know, when we're first getting started, because you, you mentioned making, you know, yeah. how am I going to get make payments? Who do I hire? Who are the right partners? Do you create 50 buckets? What, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, the, 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 what, what I do a lot of is customer journey mapping and mm. figuring out what are all of the milestones in the life cycle of a customer that we need to hit on in order to make them a repeat customer. Um, so what are the moments that are critical to the experience along that journey? Well, one, we got to acquire them. We need to we need to get them on our site. We need to get our name and brand in front of them, whatever it might be. Right. Um, we need to show them something interesting. We need to follow up the marketing with some real substance. We need to deliver the product. We need the best post-purchase experience. We need and so on and so forth. And you can go through that exercise for your business and you can figure out what are those milestones. Um, they're going to be different for everybody. Right. Yeah. If you're, um, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of the audience here is going to be in this space. But if you're in digital digital downloads or a service or a consulting business, there isn't fulfillment. You know, you send the email, <laughs> yeah. you're done, right? And that's that's a that's a that's sort of a, a trivial example here. But but it's it's I think it makes the point that everybody's business is going to be a little bit different. But I do think everybody can still take the time to think through what's the journey map for a good customer, a repeat customer, look like for mm. you. And that's going to be different. But I think that's a good base to start from because then it tells you what are the moments you need to invest the most in. Is it in the fulfillment experience? Is it in the payments experience? Is it in the customer support? Um, What's going to matter to your product and your customer the most? And then you can say, am I any good at this? (laughs) Is that something that I can afford to dedicate uh, time to or not? Uh, And then you can start to go down the path of yeah, how many of those buckets exist based yeah. upon that journey map, based upon my skill, my resource and my time allocation, then you can start to carve out and say, this is where I can build a team. Uh, I can build a partnership, an alliance um, 
of, of providers. Uh, they might be folks like the Inexpresses of the world. They might be marketplaces that can help you. They might be payments providers. Um, they might be you know, third-party Intel and market research companies. Um, and you can start to see what are the holes that I need to plug as an entrepreneur that I just can't cover that surface area myself, mm. but I've done the research to know that it's so important in the journey for my customer. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome way to look at that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it that way before is look at the customer experience, not, not necessarily the product and how we take it to market and all of that kind of stuff. It's what is the end user going to, what's that journey look like? That's, that's awesome way to look at it. So, uh, in speaking on that, talking about the customer journey, we're not going to get it right, right? You started your business, you're going to have holes, you're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to mess up along the way. What would be some of your advice to, to people who are kind of in that journey and, and kind of navigating that? Yeah, well, I think two things. One, always listen to your customers. Um, it, and, you know, in, in, in all of the roles and organizations I've been in my, in my career, um, you know, I think that uh, your, your noisiest customers always have value to add. Always, uh, even if it's not what they're talking about, but the fact that they're talking in the first place, like mm -hmm. you got to listen to them. Um, so I think that that's that's one thing, always listening to them. Um, you know, I think the you know, the other thing is figure out what are the points of failure that cannot fail? Like what are the most critical bits here? So it's everybody's going to make their mistakes um, and that's part of scaling. Um, it's part of organizational learning and something that you want to really promote and embrace. Um, but what are the ones that are critical? So if you're running, you know, if you're doing a lot of e-commerce sales, well, site uptime is like the number one thing, right? So for oh, every yeah. minute that your site is down, what is that costing you? That's a metric that you should probably know if you're of a sufficient scale. Um, if, uh, you know, you're in maybe perhaps a more commoditized space, um, but your customers really value, uh, you know, speed of delivery, consistency, um, things like that. Well, then all of a sudden your fulfillment operations need to be the thing that cannot fail. Uh, yeah. Because it, when you go back to that customer journey, like that's the moment that your customers care the most about. So figure out, you know, what can't fail. That you might be saying like, oh, I don't, you know, there's a lot of things that can't fail. I'll tell you one universal one for a lot of customers. Yeah. Um, and it's customer acquisition. Uh, hmm. And, um, you know, you can... Um, you know, have the best product, the best uh, operations, the best fulfillment, the whole nine yards. Um, but if you're not bringing new customers in the door, um, that's only going to get you so far. You're going to delight the folks mm. that you have. And, you know, maybe you can build off of word of mouth. Maybe you can go out and do some SEO. You start to, to build your brand um, online and off. Um, but if you're not bringing new customers in at a steady click and understanding what your cost of customer acquisition is, um, that is, I think, a universal point, uh, a single point of failure to grow mm. so many businesses, so many good ideas and so many great operations and great uh, the delivery. Um, they don't really get the chance to scale because the customer acquisition funnel up top is a little bit slow. Or it's not as full or it's not as vibrant as we would expect. So, um, you know, when I think it, when when anyone asks me sort of, um, you know, where where is uh you know, what, why should I start a business on Etsy or even consider a marketplace as an example, mm -hmm. um, whether it be an Amazon or an eBay or a Poshmark or who knows, um, you know, the one thing that I do say to everybody, no matter what you think of marketplaces, mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that they have to do exceptionally well is acquire you buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, 
that can take that sort of single point of failure uh, concern and help to mitigate it a little bit. You can't rely on a marketplace to drive 100% of your business. Right. Because um, uh, then it's not your business. Um, mm. And uh, But I do think that, you know, in my experience in marketplaces, um, that's one of the beautiful things that marketplaces can do for entrepreneurs is consistently provide a funnel of new buyers who haven't seen your product, haven't been exposed to your brand. Um, and when you think about all of those single points of failures and the ones that you can really focus on, buyer acquisition, customer acquisition, um, is it's a hard one to crack. And mm. oftentimes where partnering with a third party is an excellent avenue to at least investigate. And, mm -hmm. and marketplaces can be a really uh, inexpensive way to, to, to test the waters there and see if it works for you and your business model. Yeah. So sign spinners or billboards <laughs> or car magnets, which of the three, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And, yeah. and I think, you know, the, the, um, for a lot of folks out there who are thinking about brand building in the offline space, all of those examples, they can work, right? Yeah. They, they work. I mean, there's a reason you see them and there's a yeah. reason to remember them. Um, but I think for, for so many entrepreneurs, uh, customer acquisition online, is it's daunting it's oh, yeah. scary it's a whole new set of tools and and skills that i am uh uh i know this much about but that's why i can say with confidence that it's good to investigate a partner <laughs> yeah that's right surround, uh, surround yourself with the people who know more than you right that's exactly right and and yeah. you get, expand that to think about surround them with the businesses and the business partners that know more than you and uh, so that that old saying, it's cliche, um, but it, it works and you can extend it to your business partners as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny when we were talking, you know, before this, you said this time's going to fly because we're going to get to talking. We're going to get into it. This is something we're both passionate about. Yeah. Next thing you know, time's going to be up and we are coming up on that time, which is mind blowing because I could I could talk for hours about this. Um, any any kind of closing thoughts around you know, turning the side hustle into a full-time business. I know some people might get analysis paralysis when they're hearing all of this and thinking about customer journeys and the buckets and laying it all out. I, how would you kind of sum this up and kind of maybe put some of those listeners at ease? Well, I think at the end of the day, um, you got to do what you're passionate about. And, mm. you know, you, you can hear it, in, you know, I, I hear it in your voice, Paul. Um, and, uh, you know, stick with what you're passionate about if you're not loving the problem set that you're facing every day and that problem set repeats itself, uh, that's a signal. And apply that to your business as it scales. When you think about customer service issues, when you think about shipping and fulfillment issues, if, if those are, are problem sets that you're seeing repeatedly and you're not loving it, that is a early signal to think about how can I get help here? Um, and uh, the inexpresses of the world I think are can be great great assets in building that business. And they're not going to work for everybody, but there's something that you need to explore um, and be true to yourself. Yeah. I love that. That's a great way to close that out. I always have fun with my random question at the end. And I thought, I, I think I thought of a good one for you. Best pizza in New York. Where do you find it? What is it? <laughs> Who do you advocate for? Oh boy. Um, it's usually whatever is within a three block radius. Right. Uh, but, um, I was like 50, you, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I will tell you, uh, that I was, uh, 
uh, I often ate a slice of pizza at uh, Rose's in Penn Station uh, before uh, uh, the pandemic, and it's no more. And I'll tell you, I miss that oh. dearly. Uh, when I make the trip in and out of Manhattan uh, through Long Island Railroad, uh, it's no more as it's going under oh. renovations. Uh, but oh, yeah. so, the, so it's still in existence, just renovations right now. I'm hoping that it reopens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will hope that for you as well. Brendan, thank you so very much for your time. This has been very insightful. It's it's very eye-opening. And I think I think our listeners are going to get a lot of good out of this. And just thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge and your time time with us. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Well, have a good rest of your day and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Ideas Exchange podcast presented by InExpress. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to show us some love and support, please share it out with others on social media or leave us a rating and review. If you want to know more about what InExpress is, visit InExpress.com to find out what they do and how they can help you and your business. That's I-N-X-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Thank you so much and we will catch you in the next episode.